Sarah, our sponsor Vionic is back today with their Vionic Vitals collection. These shoes are the most essential styles for everyday wear to get us ready for spring, which will be here before we know it. We've already talked about my Uptown Loafers and Willa Slip On Flat and your Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, but this collection also includes the Walk 23 Classic Sneaker. That is that unapologetic dad sneaker style that's so popular right now. And I was just thinking having all four styles would basically be like having a spring capsule wardrobe for your feet. Oh my gosh, that is actually such a genius idea, Megan. I love where you're going with this. You know, high quality shoes are such a classy way to elevate your wardrobe. And the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection really can be worn in your everyday mom life, whether you're running errands or dressing up for an occasion. Yeah, and let's talk about the comfort factor, Sarah. Vionic actually got started by revolutionizing medical orthotics. Today, they continue to use that science to make cute and comfortable shoes that can keep up with our active lifestyles. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Vionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Sarah. We're two moms with eight kids between us, and we're the hosts of The Mom Hour. On this show, we're joined by a team of unique mom voices from across the country and in different stages of motherhood to bring you tips, ideas, and encouragement, and to help you feel a little less alone. We all know that motherhood is a lot easier when real moms share honest truths and remind each other that it's all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to The Mom Hour. And welcome to episode 393 of the Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers here with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hi, Sarah. So we have house rules today. It is becoming one of our favorite things to do because I don't know, I think we've shared all of our tips like over the years and now we get to tap into the wisdom of the community. And today is so jam-packed with house rules for gifting and giving for the holiday season and the moms in our community are so smart. They are. And I honestly feel like these house rules, I think we've been doing them for like, what, about a year? A little yeah, over a, a little year? over, yeah. Um, it's kind of just blown my mind, honestly, that there are, like, I sometimes every now and then I'll, I'll come up with a, a little hack in my mm-hmm. life as a mom and I'll be like, ooh, that was really clever. I'll never be able to do that again. Like, I'll <laughs> never pull that off. And then with these episodes, we're just ex- exposed to many other moms having those same moments. So yeah. we get, we just get to like steal them. Yes. Which is, it is great. It's like a big um, potluck. It's a big like clothing swap of yes. tips and hacks. And what yeah. I like about it is like, I like the ingenuity of course. And moms are as a general rule, really great at coming up with little systems and little things that help smooth the path or help something like a holiday, which has the potential to be both really fun and exciting, but also potentially stressful, expensive, overwhelming, et cetera, and sort of cut through all of that and find the way that works for your family. And as we get into this today, you're going to hear things that will save you money, things that will save you hassle, things that will save you um, family relationship drama. And you don't have to apply all of these rules to your life. Like that wouldn't make any sense, but I guarantee you'll hear one or two where you're like, oh, that's Mm -hmm. like for me, that would help us. And I don't know, Megan, like, I feel like you and I talk a lot about how things change with kids getting older, but holidays are one thing where you can do the same thing for several years and it works amazing. And then all of a sudden you look around and you've got big kids and teenagers and you're like, okay, so maybe that thing we always did on Christmas Eve doesn't make sense. Or maybe the taking turns with 
gift opening doesn't make sense or whatever it is. Yeah. So I'm just excited to share this right at the kind of post Thanksgiving, like heading into December. I think moms are shopping. They might be starting to wrap and we've got house rules for all of it. And these are just really about gifting and giving. We're not even getting into like some other aspects of the holiday. I don't know what those would be like baking and there's traditions. We don't even, yeah, there's no way to do it all in one episode, but this one's going to be, um, Full of like full of gems, full of gems. And speaking of gifts, um, I also wanted to point everybody's attention to the blog, which is on our website. The momhour.com slash blog is the easiest way to get right to that section of the website, because we have some great um, gift ideas, gift lists, gift guides coming out um, all through the holiday season. We've got a gift guide by Enneagram type by Joanna, our contributor. We've got suggestions for the cooks in your life who love kitchen gifts. We've got a roundup of the best puzzle brands. We've got, um, toys and ideas for keeping kids uh, active inside in the winter. And that is both, uh, great tips for moms in wintry places, but also could be some good gift ideas for this holiday season. So head to the blog. I will link that up in the show notes and keep watching our socials. Cause that way you'll kind of see these gift guides as they come out this season. Very excited about all that. Yeah. Megan, spring is one of our family's busiest seasons with tons of time on the go. There are so many places to be and details to remember. And the last thing I need is the constant irritation of uncomfortable shoes. So today we're talking about the Vionic Vitals collection from our longtime sponsor, Vionic Shoes. These are the best essential shoe styles for everyday wear this season. So Katie on our team is getting ready for warmer weather in Chicagoland with a pair of Vionic's Bella Toe Post sandals. These are Vionic's best-selling flip-flop style, and they have a cute little bow on them. They come in nine great colors, but Katie chose a versatile black patent leather. They're super supportive for her high instep, and they even come in wide sizes, which is a great option. Yeah, the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection are classics that don't really go out of fashion, and because they're such great quality, they're going to last as well, even with daily wear, which mine definitely get. And I love that Vionic offers a 30-day guarantee. Wear them, love them, or return them for a full refund within 30 days. But I have a feeling after those 30 days, our listeners will love their Vionic shoes so much they'll be ready to order another pair. Use code themomhour15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Vionic shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. This episode is sponsored by Olive in June. And Sarah, I am just so grateful that I have mastered the art of doing my nails at home. When I look down at my cute manicure, I feel a little more pulled together, no matter how crazy life is at the moment. Thankfully, Olive and June's Manny system makes it so easy and affordable to make Manny time a regular part of my weekly routine. Well, I know the feeling, Megan, and I think it's so fun that with Olive and June, you get to customize your Manny system with your choice of six polishes, plus their top coat is included. So Katie on our team says that she has lately been layering some of their iridescent colors over their gel-like polishes, and the final result looks super shimmery and pretty. I might have to try that this spring. Yeah, and Olive and June press-ons are another cool option. They look so real, and I think it would be a great way to test out another nail shape. A long almond shape is popular right now, and I'm kind of curious what that would look like on me. Okay, well, keep me posted on that one. Listeners, visit oliveandjune.com slash the mom hour for 20% off your first Manny system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E dot com slash T-H-E-M-O-M-H-O-U-R for 20% off your first Manny system. 
All right, we're going to dive into some house rules for gifting and giving, kind of divided into some loose sections because there was definitely some themes that emerged. Um, Now is a good time to remind moms who have small kids listening with them that anytime we do a holiday episode, there's a good chance we're going to talk about all kinds of different holiday topics, including magic that happens overnight. So now is the time to pop in an earbud. If we weren't clear enough. Exactly. Now is the time for you to pop in the earbuds. And it's almost never that we say um, you shouldn't listen with your little believers around. But in holiday episodes, heretofore is your um, warning. And from now on, we are going to talk very candidly about uh, overnight magic and Mr. Claus. Okay, here we go. Don't you feel like Apple Podcasts should make like a, (laughs) you know how you have to have explicit if they're swear words? Yeah. They should have a holiday magic warning on episodes. I mean, you say that in jest, but I really like in the years when my kids were like, I don't know, four, five, six, when they were eager believers, but getting pretty smart, I found myself like kind of trying to do that. Like um, people often ask like which movies are accidental spoilers. And it actually is. You do actually do need like a rating, a Santa rating. Okay. (laughs) Well, this, this Santa conversation is um, not appropriate for little believers. Okay. So that was one of the big themes that emerged in our house rule is really what is Santa's role in various households. So I'll just go through a few of the great ideas that we got. Millie said Santa's magical. So we do make him part of our Christmas tradition. We do one gift from Santa. It's unwrapped and there's a little note. Santa doesn't get to give the big gift, though. Usually something fun, but not pricey. We are the parents who work outside the home and aren't giving a fictional character all the credit for our hard work. Millie, okay, Millie, I am raising uh, the roof for you so yes. hard right now because I feel like I've had that exact same sentiment. Like, yes. why does Santa get the credit? I did yep. this. Yep. And I actually, I've, I've very few true regrets in parenting. I have active regrets actually about holiday magic making, and I would absolutely do it differently if I had to go back. That's not to say I'm beating myself up, but I love that, Millie, and you should get all the credit. And it's possible to have Santa magic without giving him all the credit. So, yay. I will also quickly say um, the other downfall to having Santa get the credit for the big gifts is if for any reason your family's circumstances change and the big gift has to be different, smaller, whatever, you can't really explain that away if it's Santa that did it. And it also doesn't account for discrepancies between different families. Yeah. So we've talked about that before on the show. I think I shared that my it was when my dad married um, my stepmom, Brenda, that she started in in our house, at least when I was with my dad, the tradition of only having Santa fill stockings. And I think that's genius because, you know, that's, those are little, those are small stakes objects. And most kids get some kind of a stocking if they're doing Christmas at all. So it's not as hard to explain, like, why did this kid get, why did Santa bring like a pony to this kid? Yeah. And I don't know, like a pencil. Yeah, that was um, something that a couple people brought up too the the equity question and the mm. repeatability question. So um, it's all worth thinking about if you're at the beginning of this journey. Um, Paige, I love this one. Paige said, "We made a rule: you can't ask Santa for electronics because Santa doesn't know what you have <laughs> or need to make it work." I, that's so genius, Paige. Again, wish Paige. wish I had. Um, and in Paige's family, you can only ask Santa for one or two things, which makes it easier for Santa to bring the right thing. So no big long list for Santa. Uh, Jamie said what you just did, Megan, which is Santa only brings stocking stuffers, no big gifts. They're always unwrapped and can be pulled out and played with first thing. 
That includes things like candy, fun socks, Play-Doh, crayons, etc. And then Jenny said, we don't let Santa be the one to deliver the big presents. As a teacher, I've seen lots of heartbreak and self-doubt when one kid gets socks from Santa and a classmate gets an Xbox. So yeah, I don't think I didn't have a podcast like this or a discussion like this to give me these things to think about when I was at the beginning of my Santa elfing um, motherhood journey. And I wish I had because there's lots to think about in here. There is. And I think um, I just I just defaulted to the idea that the Santa gift is the wower. Yep. Um, I will say I did correct course at one point and no one seemed to care. Yeah. It's it's not like you can't, you know, it it would be hard to do that if it was like going to create a mutiny or a lot of doubt at the wrong age. But kids don't always have the most amazing memories from year to year about exactly how a particular gift wound up under the tree. So yeah, you may have a little more leeway to change things up than you yeah. think. I agree. I agree. Okay. So um, the category I am covering is shopping and wrapping. I just want to quickly say that I really loved wrapping. I know not all moms agree. And I think the reason I loved to do the wrapping myself was that I was just happy to do a crappy job. <laughs> like it, I would, I just liked locking myself in my bedroom with music and a glass of wine, honestly, and having an excuse to hole up in there with wrapping paper and the gifts. It made me feel cozy. But if you don't like, if you don't want to spend that time or you don't, I mean, have the skills and that bothers you, it didn't bother me. Yeah. I will also quickly say that um, a lot of time hometown stores will do free wrapping. And I don't think you can overestimate the amount of like sanity and also mm-hmm. the cost of wrapping paper that that mm-hmm. will save you because they use really good stuff. And sometimes so. there are those fundraisers too, where like a yeah. Girl scout troop or a high school choir or something are set up. Have you ever seen that where it's like, it's not yes. a hometown store, but it's a, a student group that will, you can just bring all your stuff, drop it off and yeah. have them wrap it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, those are our two tips. Let's get to the listener tips. So Tammy says, Mama shops happily. Papa wraps in gratitude. He didn't have to shop. <laughs> I really Division like of labor. How, Love it. I like how she put that. And I wonder if Papa always feels the gratitude <laughs> like in his heart of hearts. Probably. Yeah, probably. Probably. Um, and I like that there, I like that that division is so clear. I think that's, that's great. Um, Megan says my husband picks and shops for his side of the family and I shop for mine. Amen, Megan, because nothing is worse than shopping for people you don't really know. And then having to like pick out, I don't know, personal gifts and be in charge of then, you know, like wrapping them too. It just, it feels very unfair. And I know more moms than ought to take that on. Um, okay, so this comes from the Instagram account Buster four 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 four. So there's lots of fours. I, there's multiple Busters with fours, but um, six fours. No name shown. I always try to shop early and online because I used to work retail, and I don't like being in malls in December if I can avoid it. I totally feel you there. Then I like to take an elfing day or two each one week apart to be able to wrap and take care of any loose ends. I love to watch movies while I wrap and I often plan a massage for the next day because all of that wrapping and hunching over a table makes my back hurt. This is like pro level yeah. self-care. First of I, all, I can't just even recognize- get over the massage because I actually, <laughs> I mean, I find wrapping very physically uncomfortable. I don't know. Yeah, I, it is. It is. It's hard. 
Well, because it's that repetitive motion. Mm -hmm. And then I tend to get, I hold tension in my, like my trap, the, and you know, that like soft space between your shoulder and your neck on my right side. And so yes, uh, wrapping can absolutely trigger that. But what I love about this is like, it's so intentional. First of all, recognizing that you don't like being in the mall. I mean, I don't either, but I think sometimes it takes a lot of self-reflection to realize, like, I just don't want to be there in December. And then to have the days a week apart and then to watch the movies and then to have a massage planned, like, that's like, so it's just pro level. Yeah, it is like (laughs) bowing down. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Emily says, I enjoy wrapping gifts alone. I pick a day where I'm off work, send the kids to grandma's house, make a festive cocktail or mocktail, turn on a cheesy holiday movie and wrap till I drop. She says, mom needs some alone time during the whirlwind that is the holiday season without feeling guilty. Those were my sentiments exactly, which is why I always took it over. And then um, Molly says, I like to wrap presents in different papers for different households. It makes delivering them to the right houses a cinch. I have never done that, but I do love the idea of using um, different papers for different, like, um, functionality. Like, if it's going to be something you want opened on Christmas Eve versus Christmas Day, or if you want kids to unwrap in a specific order, there might be a reason for that. Maybe something as a prep for the next gift. You know what I mean? Like one thing might be an accessory for a different gift. I think different wrapping papers is a genius way to, it's like color coding. It is. And it's always something I think would be a good idea. I'm not sure I have ever executed it. I mean, it's not, shouldn't be that hard, but it's just one more, one more thing to think about. Um, plus in my family, um, my, my house rule is that I don't wrap Brian wraps. It's that's more like, um, who, Tammy from the beginning, mama shops happily, papa wraps in gratitude. He didn't have to shop. Right. Um, Brian is a very good gift wrapper and has that, always had that, um, that job in our house. So we're going to move on to like these house rules that came in that guide how you decide how much and what to buy. So these are all sort of frameworks people use to decide what to give their kids. Um, we had a whole bunch of people do the wear, read, want, need. Megan, are you familiar Um, with this framework? I actually think that's because I used to always give my kids four gifts. Um, Uh then that kind of morphed. And I think it was based on that when they were little. Yeah. I think it's been around a long time. I remember, I think my mom talking about when she was a kid, that was kind of like the gifts that they got. So if you are new to this, because not everybody's heard of everything, um, it's something to wear, something to read, something you want and something you need. So it rhymes. Um, Tammy said that as did Aaron and Laura and several others who just use that as like an overarching, like gift planning strategy, which is great. Um, Aaron said in their family, each kid gets a gift from mom and dad and each of their siblings, then grandparents and aunts and uncles and cousins can do whatever they want for the kids. But we strongly encourage experience gifts and subscription boxes, mom and dad here, wait for it, Megan. Mom and dad also reserve the right to make a grandparent who gives a particularly large or annoying gift with lots of pieces or that makes a lot of noise to keep that gift at their house. (laughs) I love it so much. That would make people think twice, wouldn't it? (laughs) Right. Like, thank you so much. We're going to keep this in your basement. Maybe not. Maybe they'd be thrilled because maybe they got it because they want that in their environment. It's very different if it's a visit. Uh, an occasional thing. Yeah. All the time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so Carol says I have two siblings who each have two kids and I have two as well. And we all live within 30 minutes of one another. 
For the kids, we do experience gifts for all six of them instead of individual toys for each of them. We've done go-karting, medieval times, a place called paint lounge, etc. The kids look forward to it every year. I also love this part. If a teen wasn't keen to participate, no pressure or guilt, they just didn't join in the fun. But they also didn't get anything in exchange. They come and go, and that's all good. I love, this is like a, like a, cross between a gift strategy and like a tradition or a ritual. Yeah. Um, and I, I love setting that expectation from the beginning because she's so right. Like little kids get so much stuff. They don't need more stuff. And then big kids can enjoy experiences. And then big, big kids might be like, I don't want to go to the laser tag with my little cousins. That's right. also fine. But that's the gift. Like that is the gift in this. Right. Family. Right. There's really not like a different that. thing that you're like, right. if you don't like this, you get the other thing. Yeah. yeah I like yeah. that too. Um, and then Gigi, in her immediate family of five, they do a secret Santa, just just them, just the five of them, one day before Christmas Eve. So on the 23rd, she said, we draw names, make sure the older sibling can help the littles or mom and dad can help with some rigging. And then they load up and go to a big box store. Everyone gets 30 minutes and $20 to shop. You must also wrap and put under the tree. And then we open them on Christmas Eve. They're always our kids' favorite presents of the season. One year, my son and husband got each other the same gift. So I, we had lots of um, ideas about secret Santa gift exchanges with extended family, and we'll get to those uh, in just a minute. But I thought this was a really sweet way to do it just with a nuclear family um, and really fun little pre-Christmas tradition. Yeah, I, I love that. And I love that people are that. I know that, um, you know, doing those gift exchanges and things like that can become stressful when not everybody has the same needs. Let's just say that, you know, or like the same, the same desires or whatever in the same place in life. So I like that people are being so creative. So along the same lines, the gift frameworks for adults and extended family, Aaron says for the adults on my side of the family, we do secret Santa for exchanging gifts. We pick names around Thanksgiving and gifts are usually in the hundred dollar range. We also throw out gift suggestions in a group text so we all know what we're looking for for our giftee, which that is genius because sometimes you end up with someone you don't know that well, like a, you know, a newly married mother-in-law. Yeah, Yeah. right. You're just like, uh, I don't know. One of those multi-tools. You just don't know what to get. Um, It's been really nice to cut down on the stress, time, and expense of buying for six more people. And everyone gets one much nicer gift they really want rather than a bunch of stuff they maybe don't or won't really use. Um, And Eve said something similar. I also like that they gave it kind of a significant amount of money. I know even when I didn't have a lot of money to spend at Christmas, it almost was more stress than it was worth trying to keep those extended family gifts to like 20 bucks because there's almost nothing besides a gift card that I could think of besides a (laughs) multi-tool. You know, well, and if they've been buying for everybody, then a hundred dollars is still a significant savings. Probably if right. we're talking about exactly. six or eight individual gifts and wrapping exactly. and sending exactly. and all that. Yeah. Right. And it's not to say you can't be creative and do a lot with a little, but sometimes I found the price limitations actually very restrictive and hard to shop within, which kind of yeah. sucked even more fun out of it. So, yeah. all right. Carol says for the adults, we each pick a name and have to choose a charity to donate to on their behalf that we think they will love. It's meaningful. You really have to think about the person and you get to give back. She says, Oh, and it can get silly. One year I created a fake charity based on a silly incident with my mom as a gag. And then I donated it to a real charity. That's pretty funny. 
Love it. Um, really sweet. Paige says, we have a family rule of no gifts for adults. We just got tired of trading money and gift cards. I always joked, it's like, if someone just took like a, a $50 bill out and passed it around in a circle and then it got back to you. <laughs> okay, thank you very much. She says it relieves a lot of financial and time stress. And Kristen said something very similar. And then Kaylee says, we consolidate gifts. No gifts for immediate extended family members around birthdays, Mother's Day, anniversaries, et cetera, throughout the year. This allows us to gift more extravagant things at Christmas time. Love that. Yeah, I really like that too. All of those ones that involve the adults and extended family, I will say, require somebody to say, <laughs> hey, everybody, what if we did things differently this year? And I know that's kind of like a vulnerable thing to have to do. Um, I think what we're hearing from these listeners is like, it can be really worth it, but somebody's got, somebody's got to be the one to shake things up. If you've been buying for siblings and siblings in law and you want to go to more of a secret Santa model or a no gifts for adults model, there has to be like a transition year and that can be awkward. I just want to acknowledge that, but maybe worth it because maybe everyone else is feeling the same way that like, this is an awful lot of money on gift cards or just passing the $50 bill around. Like you said, right. Megan. Right. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So we're going to dive into some house rules that kind of overlap a little bit with what I guess we'd call holiday rituals and traditions. Um, and, and a house rule really is like a repeatable thing that can be the same every time that everybody knows how this works. And so I guess that is kind of a ritual. Um, so here's some fun ones. Laura says a tradition returning this year now that we have a pet again is that the cat gifts socks and underwear. The cat is the gifter, the giver. We also do a small gift in their shoes for St. Nicholas Day on December 6th. This is when I gift holiday themed things like our little people, like our little people nativity and Christmas pajamas. So Megan, I got two cats this year and you got one cat. I feel like our cats need to start giving gifts. Especially like the less fun gifts because everyone Mm -hmm. will think any gift is amazing from a cat. That's true. I can just see like the gift that would fall flat if I gave it. If Petra or Gia gave it, all the kids would be like, oh, thank you so much, little kitty. <laughs> That's so true. You're the best. I think That's it's so, so fun. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, check this out. I think I might do this this year. Kaylee says, we set up paper grocery bags around the room, and after each gift is opened, the opener attempts to sink the balled-up wrapping paper in the bag. Bragging rights for the first to make a basket and the person who makes the most baskets. I mean, that is genius. Is, it's so fun. And I, I think I'm, I'm starting to lose track if we talked about this episode or a previous one, but as kids get older, 
there is like a little less excitement around just mass quantities of battery operated yes. plastic stuff. And so I love the idea of having other little games and things that make make this opening fun for big kids. So I absolutely. That. I think that is genius. All right. Well, this is next level from Kelly. She says every year I do something different to distinguish which gifts belong to which kid without gift tags that say their name. Last year, each kid was given a few bars of music on a slip of paper, and they had to sit down at the piano and play it to figure out which Christmas carol it was. All the gifts with that song on the tag were theirs. Another year, each kid got a word search that I made online that only had one word in it, Santa or Rudolph, etc. And then each gift had either a Santa tag or a Rudolph tag. Our kids are teens and preteens now, so it drags out the fun a little longer. Love that. Yeah, I'm really um, soaking up these ideas that extend the fun without just adding more buying. Yeah. Because my kids are all that age. We're like, they really want to enjoy the, the holiday, but they need to enjoy it now, like on a more adult level. And so yeah. it's it's just time to shift things a bit. Um, okay, so now we're going to be talking about celebrations other than Christmas. Jessica says, we celebrate Hanukkah and Christmas, so it gets a little complicated. For the adults on my side of the family, we do a secret Santa-like gift exchange with a max budget of $100, and we pick one night of Hanukkah to have a Hanukkah party with everyone and exchange gifts. My kids get one big present from us the last night of Hanukkah, and the rest of the nights are stocking stuffer-type gifts. Every night of Hanukkah, we play a game where the presents get hidden somewhere in the house, and the receiver searches while the giver guides them with warmer, colder, you know. Um, so that's really fun. Love it. Alyssa says, we celebrate St. Nicholas Day. So we get Christmas jams, socks, books, ornaments, toys or puzzles, and candy early in December. Then Christmas Day is bigger gifts like winter coats, sibling gifts, which is really sweet, she says, and a yummy cinnamon roll breakfast. Okay, so I can always get on board with a cinnamon roll breakfast. Um, <laughs> But like, I love having that. I love having the Christmas day be a little more scaled back. Yeah. And then specifically, we're going to all enjoy these cinnamon rolls together. We're going to do this one specific kind of gift. You know, just I like that. Um, I like that structure around it. That's really nice. I haven't known anyone personally in my life who celebrates St. Nicholas Day, but we had a few people uh, talk about that tradition. So I think that's really cool. Yeah. Okay, now we have another category, and that is birthdays around Christmas, which I have one of those in my house, not even particularly close to Christmas. Um, Owen's birthday is December 6th, but even that close can create sometimes a little bit of a tension feeling where it's like, yeah, so hey, can we just get this over with so we can move on <laughs> to right. the Christmas celebration? So we've got a few ideas around that. Um, Allie says, I'm not sure how long this will be able to stay a house rule. But for my now three-year-old, we save at least a few of his November birthday presents, the ones that they receive without him knowing, and wrap them up for under the tree at Christmas. I know we won't be able to keep it up for long, but I would love to hear from you guys in the episode with Violet having a January birthday. How do you handle the influx of birthday gifts so close to Christmas? Sarah, do you have thoughts about that? Well, it's a little different because I don't have anybody with a pre-Christmas birthday, but I do. She's right. Violet has a January birthday. I actually kind of like having a kid with a January birthday because it helps with my gift planning and shopping during the Christmas season if I end up with like too many or like Violet starts adding stuff to her list at the last minute. It's like I have spillover. I have I have yeah. spillover opportunity and her birthday is 
January 21st. So it's just enough uh, distance. It's not like it's January 3rd or something. That would feel a little bit overwhelming, but we have just enough time to regroup. And then often I've got a, I've got a great sense of what she wants and needs for a January birthday, but a December birthday, that feels like a, I don't have any of those. Yeah. And I guess I would say even when Owen was really little, um, it was not part of our family culture for people to be sending us gifts. It just wasn't. I don't remember any of my, like none of my kids have ever gotten a ton of birthday gifts in the mail. So, or like from other people, I had created a kind of rule with my siblings that we just didn't give each other's kids birthday gifts because there's so dang many of them. Yeah. And it started to feel again, like passing the $50 bill around. Um, so I guess we just didn't, have that influx. If anything, I would feel almost like Owen got less stuff because people were already thinking ahead to Christmas. Splitting, splitting it between the two kind of. Yeah. Yeah. If anything, I think what I was trying to do would be to not, especially when he was younger, I don't worry about it as much now, but to not jump the gun on going all in on shopping for Christmas and celebrating Christmas until I made sure like he'd at least gotten to get in his birthday, but we've never made a huge deal out of birthday gifts either. And I think it kind of works out (laughs) in that season, you know, as long as he gets his cake and his three or four gifts, um, he's pretty happy and always was because that was the only expectation that was ever set. I do remember when he was really little, not decorating the dining room with Christmas stuff until after his birthday, because the dining room was where the birthday would happen. And I didn't want it to feel like overrun by Christmas and then be like, oh yeah. And here's a balloon for you. Yay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, but I don't that. worry about that as much now that he's so much older. Yeah. Well, right. I mean, I have a Valentine birthday and I, when I was that age, I didn't like, or I, I didn't like that. It was all, um, like the, the assumption was my birthday party decorations would be hearts and red and pink because what if I wanted like regular birthday party right. decorations, but that didn't last very long. And I later was like, Oh no, it's all like, it's all good. Like it's right. It, it all felt like celebrating. Um, yeah. All right. Well, let's assume that we have planned shopped for wrapped and, um, I guess figured out who to give all of these gifts to, but like the real question is Christmas morning, if you celebrate Christmas or the gift opening, like how does the actual opening go down yeah. in different houses? So it's funny in reading through everyone's house rules, there was a lot of overlap, which is cool. I kind of like to think of like how these things evolve in different families and there's a ton of similarities. So, so many people had basically a version of a routine where stockings and Santa gifts are opened first, like right away. And often parents are caffeinating or getting a beverage during that time. Uh, many people said there was some kind of casserole prepped the night before for a breakfast, like a hot breakfast that everyone could eat. And then you open gifts one at a time. You go around youngest to oldest sometimes or some other system where you're going around and opening up the the gifts one at a time from under the tree. And so we got a ton of that. Within that common theme, there were a few little things that stood out to me that I wanted to just kind of shout out. So um, in Tessa's house, it's an actual rule that no unwrapping can be done before adults have a hot beverage in hand, but your Santa gift can be enjoyed. So you can play with your Santa gift. You cannot begin unwrapping until adults have a hot beverage in hand, which I loved. Um, Alyssa said that they often take a break at some point to get outside. She says, I try to stretch out the opening as long as possible to avoid the frenzy. 
So this uh, listener whose Instagram handle looks like Chant Bieber, maybe. Um, they also do stockings first and mom and dad get stockings as well. And then they have a breakfast casserole that was made the night before. Um, but she said, we usually have just immediate family on Christmas and then do their extended family get togethers on another day with the cousin and grandparent gifts. So that's intentionally choosing just the nuclear family. Um, and then Tammy said one gri- one gift gets opened on Christmas Eve. The rest are Christmas morning while breakfast cooks in the oven. Mama and Papa have warm drinks while daughter opens. So I love that like some of these are things that I sort of have done, but without making a rule of it. But I love that yeah. like Tessa's so like, you can't unwrap anything before I have a hot beverage in hand. Cause often yeah. I'm like, Hey guys, wait, wait like wait for me. me. I'm still making my tea. Wait, wait, wait. I'm not ready yet. And she's just like, no, 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 no. That's a rule. That's yeah, a rule. That's not going to happen. I love that. Um, and it, I do love like the overlap. It's like a cultural thing where we all have some kind of similarities, Yeah. but then we all have our own spin on it. So yeah. here's some more. Um, Megan says stocking stuffers are from mom and dad and are opened the night before Christmas. Interesting. Um, that's great though. I like that. We always exchange pajamas on Christmas Eve too, and have matching family pajamas that everyone wears the night before Christmas. Love it. Allie says a carried on tradition from my childhood. Kids can open and enjoy stockings before parents are up. Whoa. All other presents under the tree are off limits until everyone is awake. Oh my gosh. It gave me heart palpitations because <laughs> my favorite, the stockings are my favorite part. I would be more likely to move stockings to Christmas Eve. And I actually think that's pretty smart. Um, yeah. Like it would be a real bummer to me to not get to see the kids open their stockings, which is kind of weird. Cause it's like the same stuff every single year. I don't know why I'm like that excited about it. I wonder if Allie comes from a family of sleeper inners or just people who like prefer to sleep. Cause I just come from a long line of early risers. So there's just no, like the, the grown, there's no one who like really wants to sleep in maybe a teenager or two, but even, even the ones who like to sleep in are excited about Christmas morning. So that's, um, that is a bold choice to be like, yep, just get up and go enjoy your stockings. Like we'll be up in a bit. Well, it could be that the kids get up so early that the parents aren't even moving yet. Um, Okay, so Anna says everyone must be showered and dressed and have eaten breakfast before we start opening gifts. We did this when I was growing up, and I'm pretty sure it was because my mom did not want to be in all the pictures without showering. That is amazing restraint. Then she says, we all do gifts. We do all the gifts Christmas morning, one at a time. We start by reading the Christmas story, then we open stockings, then gifts. And once you open your gift, you get to select the next gift to be opened. I'm just like high-fiving that amount of like intentionality yeah. because I know that does not just happen. No. That takes some serious training. It is um, the opposite of pandemonium. It is like yeah. a, a well-oiled <laughs> machine. I mean, exactly. I will say I, I like to throw on a little mascara or wash my face. I don't oh, need to too. shower, but I do remember as a kid being very frustrated that any adults would feel like they needed to like get themselves ready. I don't think, I don't think they were like, you know, blow drying their hair and like applying a full face. But I just remember as a kid, I did not understand why anyone would need to do anything besides wake up, maybe like go to the bathroom real fast and then head out. Like, what could you possibly, what need could to do? possibly but be then more when important you're than this? 42? You're like, yeah, oh, I'm going to be in a few pictures. This morning. So what I do now that my kids are older, because I'm now the one waking my kids up and it, it's not vice versa. It used to be them waking me up. Now I'm waking them up. So I just make sure before I even call out the alarm, I'm not taking a shower or anything like that. Right. But like, I just make sure that I won't be embarrassed to be in a photo. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I might brush my hair and throw some mascara on. Yeah. 
Um, when they were little, I just have terrible photos of my hair sticking yeah. up everywhere. Half the time wearing a bathrobe, nursing a baby, you know, yeah, that's just how it was. But I do appreciate, or I guess I, do, I admire mm-hmm. Anna's, um, it sounds like a Mary Poppins home. Yeah. Okay. So Paige says Santa gifts are not wrapped so the kids can play with them and stockings while we get breakfast going. Then we don't unwrap any gifts till later in the day. If relatives are coming over, we wait for them to unwrap gifts from them. If they don't come, we video or FaceTime them while opening since families all over the country. This helps spread out the parent, the present opening. I really like that. I like like having one gift and then the stockings be like available to enjoy right. for a while. Like that's what you get for a few hours. Yeah. Yeah. Like let that tide you over, really get into it so that it doesn't become an afterthought mm-hmm. and tossed aside for whatever the next gift is. I think that's really smart. And then Tessa says presents shipped by out of state family aren't opened until we can video call. This might take several days, but it can spread things out nicely. And that's just a nice nod to the family who's bothered to ship stuff in the mail. You know, I love that. Yeah, I I feel like we we also have faraway family. We don't tend to open on the video call, probably because like uh, FaceTime was not really reliable. um, And Skype was early when my kids were really little. We do try to FaceTime at some point on Christmas Day and thank them for whatever we have opened. And I think we try to do a good job of like, my kids definitely know who got them what as they open. And we, we do try to revisit that with like a FaceTime thank you. But um, we have not done the thing where they can't open it until they are on on camera. I think that is kind of probably like more more typical now. We just did that episode, Megan, yeah. about um, facilitating grandparent grandkid relationships and just how ubiquitous FaceTime is now as a way to yeah. be like, okay, grandma's on the other line. Like we can open her gift now. So, um, right. I really like it. It just wasn't, it wasn't the way we have fallen into that. I think what I like the most about these in particular is they are house rules, but they're also traditions. And I just love how much, like how much room we have to play with whatever tradition we grew up with or mm-hmm. whatever we're used to, or whatever we think is like the way to do it. You can probably, if you're just not satisfied with like some little part of what you're doing, you don't have to blow the whole thing up. You don't have to like take it down to the studs, right? Mm -hmm. You can just say, oh, actually we're going to like maybe open um, stockings and one gift and then eat breakfast or whatever the thing is that you feel like would help you approach the holiday with a little more intentionality. And that's really what these episodes are all about. Yeah, absolutely. We also, um, we always get more ideas than we can shout out in a 50 minute podcast episode. So when you go to the show notes, which are either in your podcast player right now, wherever you're listening, or you can always go to the momhour.com and click on this episodes page. We'll have a link to the full thread where there's tons and tons and tons of other great comments kind of in these same categories. So thank you to everybody who um, submitted an idea and we're all helping each other make the holidays go a little bit more smoothly. I love it. Well, before we wrap, Megan, just wanted to remind everybody about our sponsor, Trumi Wireless. If you might be getting a first phone for one of your kids this holiday season, definitely check out Trumi. And we've got an amazing $75 off deal. Use code the mom hour for $75 off the purchase of any Trumi device. Just visit shop.trumi.com. That's T R O O M I shop.trumi.com and use the code the mom hour for $75 off. 
And then, Megan, I'm excited. Our next all-new episode is out this Friday. I'm going to be chatting with a couple of our contributors about faith traditions at the holidays and how different families celebrate and honor their cultural heritage with food and faith rituals and all of that great stuff. So come back and listen to that this Friday. And thanks to everybody who sent in a house rule. We will talk to you then. Thanks for listening to The Mom Hour. Everything we talked about in today's episode is available at themomhour.com. And hey, while you're there, you can find more than 500 podcast episodes, plus articles, playlists, and resources about motherhood and parenting at every stage. And if you like today's episode, we'd love it if you would take a minute to share the show with another mom in your life. You can also find us on Instagram at The Mom Hour, chatting and interacting with listeners between episodes. Thanks for being here, friends. We'll talk to you soon. Sarah, I started a Substack last spring, just kind of as an experiment, and it turns out I love it. I'm treating it kind of like an old school blog, writing about things that are happening in my life. Megan, I've loved following your stuff on Substack, and I actually just really like Substack in general. You know, we've both been a lot less active on Instagram lately, and I'm finding that Substack scratches that itch to connect and create without all the busyness of a typical social media feed. So I would love it if Mom Hour listeners wanted to look me up there. I'm at meganfrancis.substack.com, and that's Megan with two A's, M-E-A-G-A-N francis.substack.com. Sarah, I have been having just the best time making my new podcast, The Teas Made. I launched back in November, and so far I've covered topics like staying warm on cold winter walks, nurturing creativity, how to be a great host, and even Nordic secrets to loving winter. Well, you know, I am fan number one of the teas made. It's got such a cozy vibe and it seems like you've really hit your stride in covering topics like wellness, self-care, comforting rituals and routines and home and family life. Just look for the teas made with Megan Francis wherever you get your podcasts or head to theteasmade.com to find all the episodes.